fellow travelers, and welcome to the Unbroken Ground. This is episode 51. Uh, 51, yeah, it's pretty exciting for this year. Um, we've one more to get 52, which is kind of my goal when I started the podcast to have 52 individual uh, episodes uh, done on Sunday each week, or at least done and, and put out on Sunday each week. And so we're almost there. We have this one, and of course, on Christmas Eve, we will have number 52, which will which will give us uh, a week to do maybe a retrospective. I don't know. I, I haven't fully thought it out yet. So that's, uh, that's exciting. Uh, I've got uh, things that we can do, but, but we're nearing the end of this goal. And uh, so 51, episode 51 is going to be about the third week of Advent as, as I am going through that. Last week, of course, was peace. Uh, this week is joy. So we're going to talk about joy and what that means and what that what that can mean and 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 all those type of things so super excited about that uh so hopefully you've been following along with uh both the advent podcasts that i've been doing but also the advent blogs that i've been doing so if you if you haven't i've, I've been separately blogging over on patheos.com uh, that's on at um unbroken ground at patheos uh, as kind of like if you go to the evangelical channel and look for Unbroken Ground, you'll find me there. Uh, and I've done, I just put out my third one today, which of course mirrors uh, the fact that I've been talking about um, hope. Uh, the first one, peace last week, joy this week. Uh, next week again will be love. Uh, and so you can find more there. Uh, you can also find those if you go to my Facebook page, facebook.com for the Unbroken Ground. Uh, you can find links there to go to my Pathios blog, which also so it has a little bit more information. So if you haven't checked those out, um, I encourage you to do that uh, as they are a little bit different flavor, different um, take on the topics even then than the podcast. So I'm not just repeating myself. I'm not just saying the same things over and over, mostly. Uh, there may be some common themes, but uh, yeah, just a little bit more deeper dive into uh, to the season at Advent. Uh, glad you're here. Hope that uh, you will have a, a just and get, get enjoyment and uh, encouragement out of this. And uh, let's jump in. So yeah, as we, as I was saying, um, going to be looking at the idea of um, peace and uh, what that means and what that can mean. Nope, I just made that up. We did peace last week. I'm <laughs> looking at the the idea of joy uh, and working from back, working back from that, and just trying to uh, give you a different idea. Uh, traditionally, joy is is uh, talked about by looking at the shepherd's experience with the angels, the angels coming and proclaiming that um, the, uh, the, the the Savior is born, that they have uh, this great announcement to make. And so, um, yeah, it is... Um, it is an interesting uh, topic for me because I think about this a lot in the the concept of what is joy and and what does that mean and and some of that I think you at least have to go back to and think through this is that it is a fruit of the spirit uh, so it is one of the things that when you accept Jesus Christ and the Spirit comes to leave, live in you you're actually given joy. Uh, and it's something that you can access, you have access to in the same way that you have peace and love and patience and kindness and all those things that the, the Spirit does in you and through you. One of them is joy. And I think about um, just 
like my life as I as I think through uh, because I, I don't um, I, I don't necessarily have have those things that I just get so excited or joyful for uh, that I don't really have I guess that overflowing of emotion. Um, you know, Callie likes to uh, buy me a lot of Grinch shirts because I don't celebrate Christmas like she does. I don't get uh, overly giddy about Christmas music or Christmas movies. Um, I don't. I don't get excited about the season. I, it's fine. I have nothing wrong with it. I, I like to celebrate the birth of the Savior, but it's not one of those things of um, like an emotional high point for me where I'm just like, oh yeah, I, I can't wait to celebrate Christmas, uh, as it is for some people. And, and so I don't necessarily have those like spontaneous moments of, of like, oh, it's Christmas, I'm going to have joy. And, and so some of that just comes down to, I think, from the fact that my love language is not gift giving. And um, so giving or receiving gifts is not, um, you know, within my, um, how I express uh, love or appreciation in my relationships. And, and so, yeah, I think that that probably has a little to do with that, that I don't um, kind of have those little, those little hits of joy or, or a burst of joy just because it's Christmas time or because we're, you know, getting or receiving gifts. Uh, I don't necessarily I appreciate any gifts that I get. Um, I appreciate them, but, but they don't like fill me. Uh, don't, they don't fill my, uh, joy tub. Uh, my, they just, they just, I just don't have like, Oh, there's so much joy. Um, so I've just been just thinking through, um, some of that in my life, because again, um, I come at, I do think that I have uh, a pretty rational approach to life. And so I kind of focus on the logical, the mental, the questions. Um, and I, and I kind of, uh, shy away from emotions a lot of times and enjoy is tied to, or at least somewhat, um, reflected in an emotion. And, and so I think that is, you know, in of itself, then, um, part of the, the question behind what does it mean to have joy? What does it mean to, to, uh, to possess that? And, and so I have to think through a lot of like, again, I'm just now, even now I'm logically thinking through what that means. Um, what it means to have joy. I, I think about, um, I think about some of the, uh, the, the things that bring other people joy, um, you know, uh, the, the joy of watching your sports team win. Uh, I just don't, again, have, have a whole lot of, um, what, what we would say, um, investment in, in sports teams. So I don't really have that like, Oh, my team won. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily get that joy. Um, there's people, lots of people who do, there's lots of people who get, uh, abject, uh, depression when their teams lose. Uh, so I don't have that either. Um, just kind of a, uh, a, an, an even killed, um, kind of approach to a lot of life. But, um, I think that does, uh, so I think that does make things a little bit more interesting for me as I think about the idea of joy, because I, I don't have just this instant thing that, that comes to mind when I think about it. Uh, so I've been thinking through what it is that, that brings me joy, uh, especially in light of the world and, and the and the light of this last year. I mean, here we are coming up to the end of the year, and and um, I yeah, I'm I'm getting the chance to reflect back on 
what it is God is doing and what, what God has done and, and what God continues to do. And, and, um, and, and as I, as I think through that, as I look at my life, there's been lots of different changes that have happened. There has been things on the, uh, you know, as far as job goes, there's been, um, health wise things with my, with Callie, my wife, there's been health wise things with me. Um, and it's just been, it's been a different long year. Um, it's been, uh, such a different experience of kind of, um, you know, reflecting back. It's so a lot of it's just, uh, none of it's been bad, uh, per se. Um, but, but not a lot of it was unexpected and, and some of it too, that I would say would not be the direction I thought things were going, uh, in some ways. Um, so yeah, so it's been so so looking back that as a like okay, how's the year been going? And, and then I think if you look at the fact that we've we've had things like inflation and unemployment and division and wars and threats of wars and um, uh, possible uh, pen re re having a pandemic, you know, COVID coming back. I mean, all of those things just kind of crowd in on you. Um, and for me personally, I've also just been doing a lot of soul searching as far as what it is that God has for me, what he wants me to do, what, um, and, and I think a lot of times just not knowing that, not having that answer has in sense often robbed me of joy because I uh, have filled it with other things. I filled that where I could have had joy, where I could have had things like love and peace and Thanksgiving and um, I've been, I've, I've been worried about it. I've been, um, thinking about it. I've been, I've been, um, asking about it. And, and I don't know that that's necessarily that for a season and it's not necessarily wrong. Like, I don't think God's just like, well, gosh, uh, you've really just wasted all that time. Although I think he would say, I've got it. You can, you, you don't have to worry about it. Um, you know, as humans, we still do. Uh, and, and that's okay. Um, we, um, we are, uh, you know, we're going to go through, uh, so many seasons. Uh, we're going to go through, uh, all the, all kinds of different emotions and, and, uh, we're going to go through different things in our life that are going to cause us to reassess and think about what, who we are and what we're doing, uh, and, and who God is. And, and that's okay. Again, that's, like God is not too big for questions. He's not too big to be, um, you know, he's not, he's not scared of the questions that we have. He's not afraid that, that we could, that we would even have questions. Um, but he does, he does offer that, uh, idea that he is moving and, and in control. And because of that, we can have, um, joy, um, and and the story I want to focus on because it just I think for whatever reason it's been stuck in my head and so it's if it's been if it's going to be stuck in my head then we're going to let it get stuck in your head and have you think about it too because um, that's just the way it's going to go. Um, but specifically, um, there's a story in in the the Gospel of John where the disciples um, there's actually a crowd that's following Jesus and uh, he's just fed them. 
And so it's one of the miracles that he, one of the signs that he completes in, in John is that he feeds the, the 5,000 men uh, with, with the, the, the bread and the fish. And afterwards, um, in John specifically, and some of the other gospels too, but specifically in John, they, they follow him. And Jesus begins to have this teaching um, where he, he begins to teach about what eventually becomes the, uh, the, the Last Supper. Um, and he, he talks about how if you want to enter the kingdom, if you want to serve, if you truly want to follow Jesus, uh, then you will eat his flesh and drink his blood. Now, the crowd um, doesn't know it, like the context of the, that, that he's speaking of um, doesn't translate for whatever reason. Um, I mean, uh, for some, some part of that is, is that they just weren't understanding. They weren't ready. They, they were still, and, and for the, for the, um, for the greatest part, part of it, I think is that they were still looking for an earthly person, King who would just feed them all the time. Oh, it's so much easier if you can just, you know, bless the food. We don't have to work. You just bless the food and we'll just, we'll just live off of your excess. Um, we'll just follow you around. If you just feed us, if you just give us things, then surely, surely we can follow you. And, and so Jesus kind of sensed that about the crowd or knew that because that's, that's the way we are as humans, right? That's just, that's just what we do. And, and so people were following Jesus, not necessarily because they wanted to be part of his kingdom as far as righteousness and, and doing the right things and living in the right relationship with God, but rather they want to be part of his kingdom because it, he, they got nice stuff. Um, they got fed. They got fed in miraculous ways. And, and, and because of that, they're like, yeah, we want to be a part of this. And so Jesus brings out, breaks out this, this really hard teaching, this really difficult teaching. And, and basically the, the people will say, yeah, we can't, we can't stay here with this. This is not, this is not what we thought it was. We're out. And they leave. Uh, and there's this, this real poignant story, part of the, the story where Jesus turns to the 12. So his closest disciples, Jesus turns to them and he goes, all right, well, you guys going to leave too? And, and, and there's this sense here that, that Jesus is actually pretty vulnerable. I mean, the son of God is, um, he's searching for disciples who are going to want to follow him because of the, for all the right reasons. Um, and he realizes it's kind of a turning point here. These, these, these closest disciples, they have to make a decision. They have to decide between what the world says about Jesus and what Jesus says about Jesus. And so the world is saying, oh, yeah, we'll follow Jesus because look at all the great things he does. Yeah, sure, he's a great prophet. Sure, he's a great man because he fed us. And then when Jesus says, you're not getting any more food, but here, let me give you some teaching. And he gave this very hard teaching. Um, people had to decide what they were going to do. And the majority of people when they realized that the, the meal train had dried up, when the gifts weren't going to keep coming, when the free food wasn't going to be there, when he wasn't just going to continually bless bread and fish so they could just eat their fill and not have to work, they could just wander around and do nothing, they left. They left. They, they, they were less... They were less interested in who becoming 
and learning who Jesus was and becoming like him than they were in the gifts that he could provide. And, and his closest, so he, 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 he turns to his closest friends, his closest followers, his, his, his students, and he says, are you guys going to leave too? Because, because there's, there's a moment, and this is where I think, um, like coming back to joy, uh, to tie this all together, this is where I think that um, we all go through this kind of, kind of question. Uh, there's a moment where we have to say, all right, things didn't work out like I want them to. I mean, we'll all go through this. Things things didn't go like I thought they would. I thought I thought things would be different. What is it? What does it mean to follow Jesus? I don't know. I thought it was going to be this, but now I'm you know in this totally different path. Um, this is not how I dreamed. This is not what I thought where I was headed. This is this is. I mean, there's just points where we go, but but Jesus, this is this doesn't make sense. Jesus, this doesn't seem like where we should be. And uh, and and Jesus goes. Yeah, I know. You got to trust me. What are you going to do? Are you going to leave too? I mean, that's, he looks at his, he looks at his disciples and he, and he goes, this is, this is a point. This is a point. This is a decision point. You can walk away too. It's okay. And, and, um, I understand like he, like as the savior, I think he, he knew as God, he knew that, that, the hard, difficult teaching would drive people away and people would have to decide what to do. And, and he, he chose these disciples, but if, but if they walked away, they could, he gave them that, that option. You can walk away. Is that what you want to? Is it too hard to follow? And Peter spoke up, and and I think that for me this is the like the the point of joy uh, that I that I want to kind of um, drill down into is that Peter speaks up and he goes, "Lord, where would we go? You, you have the words of life." Notice what Peter doesn't say. Peter doesn't say, "God, we 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 were tracking with you. We know exactly what you're talking about." That's not what he says. And in fact, I think Peter probably was like, "Ah, Jesus, I don't know what um, you just. I don't know where you were trying to get at when you were talking in in this last sermon." But um, man, I I I yeah. But here's the deal. I, I don't know what that was about. But what I do know is that you alone have the words of life. I, I don't know, Jesus. I everybody else can leave, but but if we leave, where would we go? We already know you have the words of life. Where are we going to go that we would find the words of life again? You're right here. There's no way that we're leaving. And I don't, and I think that for believers, like followers of Jesus, we have those moments where we have to deal with this kind of, what are you going to do? Are you going to leave? Are you going to continue to hold on to what you believe and what you know about who Jesus is? Or are you going to walk away? Because it, it got too hard. It got, it, it didn't work out. The blessings weren't, weren't what you thought they would be. Where's the joy? 
in the times that are hard. And, and the reason I want to drill down on that, that question, where's the joy in the times that are hard is that there's a joy, I think, that we have discovered that for some of us who have been Christians for a long time, and I'm going to, and again, I'm speaking for myself here, but I think that if you're a listener and you've been a Christian for a long time, you might also relate to this. Maybe not. Hopefully you do better than I do, but maybe at times um, there is a joy that comes with salvation. That the, that the shepherds got, right? They got that joy because they're like, the, the king is here. Finally, we've been waiting. There's a freedom. There's a joy. I was lost, but now I'm saved. I was, I was lost, but now I'm found. I, was, I am the, the lost sheep that Jesus comes chasing after. And there's a joy that wells up in our souls when we realize that though we are guilty and we deserve all the punishment and all the death, we don't have to face it. There's a joy for that. We, we, we can celebrate that we can we can live that and there's joy there but but for some of us myself included so I'm not, not pointing just fingers out but at my own sometimes I lose that in the the banality of life which is to say this is that sometimes I go through stretches of time when I don't remember that when I don't remember that joy, because it, it just it just is. I, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to to think about think on it. I don't have to recall it because I just know I have it. Where's the joy? Sometimes it's because we've forgotten that first time that we heard that we were free. Sometimes we lo- lose the joy because we've forgotten. That first time that we said, Jesus, you are the ones, you are the one who has the words of life. Where else can I go? I have to cling to you. I have to follow you. If you take me through hard things, God, I still have to follow you. And I will do it with joy because I know you have the words of life. And for some of us, it's, it's, it's that, you know, we've lost and we forget Life, life comes at us and we, we go through all those things and we, and we forget just what it means to know, that, to know a Savior, that Jesus loves us, that, that God cares for us, that, that though we were enemies of God, that though we were far away from God, that He still loved us enough to send His only Son, that we might know life, that we might have the words of life. What joy that should bring in our souls. And sometimes it just becomes so commonplace, it becomes so uninspiring because it, it, it becomes just another thing. I was talking to one of my friends this week and, and um, we were talking about a, a, a phenomenon that I think that's just crazy, but I know what happens. Um, I was, I was listening to a Christian speaker once and I was talking about this and I was just saying, you know, um, I love the, the mountains of Colorado. Um, if you listen to any of my other podcasts, you know that I spent some summers there. You know that I spent a mission trip there. I would go back at the drop of a hat. I would go to the mountains of Colorado to do whatever. Um, love them. I, I love staring at them. I wake up in the morning, uh, whether they have snow on them or not. I love them. I feel, I mean, I just feel like you can't look at those um, 
And if you do, I mean, you, I just feel like you, you can't look at those and then say, yeah, there's no God. I mean, it just, it just, it, it wells up within my soul. Uh, the, the beauty and the joy of creation just wells up when I see mountains. And I don't see them near enough. Uh, that I'll freely admit. Um, we don't travel to Colorado much. In fact, it's been about three years since I went back to Colorado. Um, and it's about time for me to go back. I don't know if I'm going to get to do that, but um, for my soul's sake, I hope so. Uh, just just to see friends, but also to see mountains. And um, yeah, it it. so I that's that's how I feel about mountains every time I see them. Every time I'm in them, every time I take pictures of them, I try to capture their majesty, their glory, uh, because they fill me with those kind of types of emotions and feelings. Now, there are people who live in those mountains. And so I was listening to this Christian speaker talk at J.R. Vassar, if you've ever heard him, and he's just talking about, he goes, you know, as crazy as it seems for us who just go and see the mountains every now and then, when you live in the mountains, you get used to them. They lose some of their majesty and beauty because they become commonplace. And, and so you, you, they don't change. They're still the same beautiful, majestic, wonderful things that are mountains. But your experience with them begins to, um, as they become a more and more commonplace thing for you, your your just natural human tendency is to simply allow it to slip away from something that's wonderful and and beautiful and separate and strange and majestic into something that's just there. Oh yeah, those those are the mountains. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the mountains are great. Yeah, yeah. No, I see them every morning. Yeah, no, they're 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 fine. Um. Oh, I guess. Uh, yeah, awe inspiring. I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're just where I live. And and I'm here I am in landlocked fields of corn, Illinois, and I'm going, oh, I miss the mountains. I need to see the mountains again. I need to see their beauty. I need to, to stand up on top of them. I need to be in the midst of them. And people who live in them every day, not everybody, but a, but I would say a, a, a high percentage of people go, oh yeah, yeah, they're good. I mean, they're worthwhile, I guess, but they're not anything special. And see what happens for us as Christians, the longer we're Christians, I think, unless we are very careful, is that we get that way with God. Oh yeah, God showed up. Yeah, that's just what he does. Yeah, it's nothing too spectacular. It's nothing too amazing. It's just, you know, it's God. Oh yeah, God loves me. I mean, yeah, you know, that's pretty awesome. But it's, I mean, you know, it's just what it is. It, it's just, it's nothing, nothing to write home about. It's nothing spectacular. And, and our hearts begin to almost um, callous over at the, the, just the sheer holy wonder it is to know that God loves us and he wants to be near us and that he wants to speak with us and he wants to guide us is that, that we become, we, we, we get to the place where spiritually we feel like God is commonplace.
And God showing up simply doesn't bring us the excitement that it did. Doesn't bring us the joy that it did because we've our hearts have been hardened, covered over because it's just become an expect a common a common reality. It just it just is what it is. I've just I've been in a relationship with God long enough that I've just become comfortable with Him. I've just and and so I think about this because for me, like the last year, I and God just kind of. Again, here's a cool thing. I'm about to say this. You know, I was just thinking about this and God just has brought it to my, my heart that there is certain language in the Bible that I haven't felt for a while, that I haven't gotten back to, that I need to. And one of the things is, is this idea in the Psalms, like I, or Proverbs or the whole Bible is like, it's like this idea that God's word is, is just like breath and food and drink and, and his presence. And, and, and I need that. I can't do this on my own because I've been trying pretty hard just to do things on my own. And, and it's not even a, a legalistic thing because I think you've got to separate that out too. It's not even this like, Oh yeah, you just keep faking it till you make it. You just keep doing it. You just got to be disciplined enough, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's got to be more than just discipline. It's that, that every day I want to awake with a wonder, with a desire, with a thirst to know God through his word, to know God. And, and as, as in my church, we talk about it, the secret place and, and to not just be like, oh yeah, that's, that's God. Yeah. We do that daily. Not a problem. Not a big deal. Not an amazing thing. Oh Yeah. Yeah, God, God takes care of me. It's, you know, it's, it's what he does. It, it's such a, um, for me, it's just such a, a, a mental game of um, not taking for granted what it means that, that God loves you, has chosen you prepares things for you. He has plans for you. He has, he, he thinks about, he has thoughts about you. Like he, I, I think that, um, I, I think one of the, um, negative, um, manifestations of, of some of my early faith and, and the way that it was, um, even though it was never explicitly stated, but, but this way that it was kind of brought out, is that that God Himself really just He, um, that that the Bible everything is really concerned about salvation, and and then once you have salvation, then you're good to go. If you want to do some extra stuff, that that's cool too. But um, salvation, it's good. And once you have that, then you don't have to worry about it. And 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 then God is as much into your life as you want. And you've already got salvation. You have that. Great. You're done. Um, and, and so it's, it's, and that was an early legalistic view. I mean, it's very much, uh, uh, as long as we can get them to say the prayer, then they're saved kind of faith that I had. And that's not necessarily brought up. I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody or I'm not even I'm just saying that there were some undercurrents that people didn't even think about how, what the, the optics of what they were saying and what they became. It was not good. Um, I, I no longer, um, 
really run in those kind of theological circles and that's okay. Um, those people aren't bad. They're not going to go to hell. I'm not, I mean, if they know Jesus, if they know God, they're going to, they have that salvation. They have that relationship. So that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just, but I'm just saying for me, um, I, I definitely came out on that. And so then what you teach then if you're in that kind of school is a very much, um, you, well, you got to have a quiet time, right? You got to have a checkbox, um, because that's what you should do. Um, but if you don't, <laughs> you're still saved. Um, and, and it was very much the, you should want to spend time with God, which you should, but it was like, you, you gotta, you've gotta do it. It's your obligation. And, and I think joy is not about obligation. And, and I think that's where, um, I, I really, that's where I'm going to really chase through the, uh, into this, as we move into the future of whatever this podcast is, but also just my spiritual life is that, that it's with joy that we pursue God's word. It's with joy that we pursue a relationship with God. It's, it's not out of obligation. It's not out of, oh, if I want to go to heaven or if I want to have a good relationship, but it's actually this, this response and, and Jesus I think Jesus understood that when he, when he turned to the disciples and was like, are you going to leave me too? And the disciples knew and they said, no, I'm going to cling to you, Jesus, because you have the words of life. I have found the treasure. There's this, there's this parable in Matthew that talks about this guy who, who has, he's, he's digging in the field and he finds this treasure and he goes and he sells everything else he has because because he's so excited about this treasure that he's found in this field and he doesn't own that field. He sells everything else he has just so he can go buy that, that, that field with that treasure and he is overjoyed to have done it. And it's a direct relation to our lives where we're like, do we sell out on everything just so that we could know God? Do we sell out of everything because we know joy and peace and love is in knowing God, is in knowing Jesus and following Jesus? Do we sell out or do we just say, yeah, it's another add-on to my life? And this is not a, hey, you got to do more podcast. That's not what I'm going at. That's not what I'm chasing after. For me, it's not. This is very much of, how's your heart? And do you know that Jesus has the words of life? And do you realize how amazing that is? Or have you allowed it to become commonplace and not a, a thing that, that's um, celebrated? I, I think very much it is a thing that we have to focus on that I will, I need to focus on more is that I love your word, God. It's amazing that you would leave it, that, that it would be here. And, and I think the fact that, that, um, we can move away from it, that we can, can step away at times and, and that we can have joy and lose joy, that we can have peace and lose peace, that we can peace and that we can have love and, and then be very unloving. Um, it's very much just part of who you've created us as humans to be. But um, I think as we, as we come upon this story of Jesus 
um, may we be like the disciples. Jesus, I, I don't always understand what you're doing. I don't understand what you're saying all the time. I don't understand the way the world works. I don't understand why you allow certain things and, and why you heal some people and hear some, pre some prayers but not others. I don't understand. I don't always see what you're doing. But Jesus, you're the only one that has the words of life. I'm going to cling to that. I'm going to cling to you. I'm gonna, you're the only one that can truly bring joy. Jesus, with that, we, we celebrate your birth this season because you are the one who can bring us that joy and be, who does bring us that joy because where else could we go? You are the only ones with the words of life. You're the only one. And so this week, friends, I pray that you... Like me, uh, take some time to think through that, what it means to have joy, what it means to, to love God's word in such a way that it's like water and air. Uh, gets, I thirst for it. I, I need it desperately to fill my lungs. And what it means to find joy in who Jesus is. Thank you guys for, for walking along with me this journey. It's uh, hard to imagine that we've got just one more to do this year uh, and then maybe a look back. But uh, yeah, I'd love to hear any feedback you have. You can always email me at theunbrokenground at gmail.com, but also on my Facebook page, Facebook forward slash theunbrokenground. I hope that you find ways to see joy and to see Jesus in new ways this week and that he will, he will show you without any shadow of a doubt who he is and that you may cling to him as the one who has all the words, the only words of life.